to the Middle East Update with Amir Sirfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, converted them to audio form to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Sirfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Here's Middle East updates based on the latest and most reliable sources so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the updates. Shalom everyone and good evening from Galilee, from Israel. This is Amir Tsafati and uh, today is uh, Tuesday, March 7, 2023. This is a very special Middle East update on the topic of will Israel attack in Iran soon, and you, you'll you be surprised with some of the things that you're going to hear this evening. But uh, let me first update you on what happened in northern Samaria a couple hours ago, and what happened uh, during the night in Syria. But before that, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, for your promises, for your wisdom, for your sovereignty, I thank you that there is nothing that happens in this world that you don't know about or not in control of. And yet, Father, by your grace, you have revealed to us the schemes of the devil and the thoughts of man that wants to uh, put together war and, uh, and, and so much uh, death and hatred, uh, and all because they hate you and they hate your people. Father, I ask that uh, this evening will not be a, uh, an update of sensationalism, but it will be an update of information, edification, and encouragement. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shalom again. This is Amir Tsarfati. I'm live from Galilee, Israel. And uh, just a couple hours ago, we're going to talk about Iran in a few minutes, but before that, Two hours ago, something big happened in the Jenin, uh, uh, city of Jenin in northern Samaria, in the Palestinian uh, city there. Israel settled the score. Ladies and gentlemen, last week, I don't know if you remember, last week was a terrible week. It started with Sunday, where we had in this a village called Hawara, which is a village near the city of Nablus, not far from Israeli settlements, two Israeli boys, 18-year-old and 20-year-old, that were driving a car through that village, Halel and, um, and also Yogev Yaniv. These two brothers, they were unarmed, and they were driving in a small car through that village. That was the only way to their uh, little village. And a Palestinian terrorist rammed with his car, uh, the back of their car, got out of the car, and literally executed them from a very short distance with 12 bullets, left no chance for them to survive. And he just took off. Well, two hours ago, the Israeli special forces raided a special, a specific house in Jenin, killed the man with uh, four other terrorists, and that case is closed. The day after, the terrible attack that I just described from February 26, the day after, an American Jew was killed in the in the Jordan Valley. Elon Genlis uh, was shot to death by another Palestinian terrorist, again by a 
drive-by drive-by shoot shootout, and he was executed. Also, I mean, I mean, a Palestinian guy drove by him, pulled a gun, and shot him and killed him right there as the car was, uh, uh, you know, stopping at the light. And uh, it's very interesting because um, uh, that uh, that American Jew was bur- buried in Israel two days after that person um, was uh, killed. We captured his terrorists. So the last two terrorist attacks in Israel from last week, we sell the score. Terrorists were either captured or killed. Game over. Now, what happened last night? Last night, Israeli fighter jets. It's very interesting because yesterday I paid a visit to the Ramat David Israeli Air Base with my group um, from Ambassador Services International, led by Pastor Steve Bergen. We went to Ramat David Air Base to visit the squadron. We visited uh, the pilots and uh, the commanders, and we saw the F-16s, and we understood, of course, what I know, but they don't, um, <clears throat> the severity of Israel's situation around the borders. Well, again, uh, a few hours later, those F-16s took off and destroyed an Iranian weapons shipment. Take a look at the, what the, the photo from Aleppo, Syria. This is Aleppo, uh, the airport of Aleppo, and uh, it's very interesting what happened there. Listen, this airport is the main hub for all the flights that are now coming for humanitarian aid to the victims of the earthquake from last month, the earthquake in northern Syria. Now, look at how those Iranians work. They use the fact that the world understands that so many flights should be landing there, and they were smuggling weapons through those uh, terminals all the way to their proxies in Syria. In fact, I would say that I'm almost convinced that Iran has everything Iran needs to strike Israel from Syria, not only from Iran. And we'll talk about that at the end of this update, because Iran is now having tens of thousands of rockets aimed uh, at Israel. And we'll, we'll try and understand where is it in, this, in the Bible in a few minutes. So this is the strike last night, and that is, of course, part of the Iranian deception in general. In, uh, we're not talking about only deception in, when it comes to the humanitarian aid flights. We're talking about generally they deceive the world, generally they deceive the international community, generally they deceive the International Atomic Energy Agency, generally they deceive the U.S., the U.N., and uh, others. And um, this is exactly what is being uncovered and exposed right now before our very eyes. So, look, in the last couple days, two major U.S. figures visited or are about to visit uh, Israel urgently, unexpected, unplanned visits. Okay, we're talking about General Miley, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, this is the top general of the U.S. military. He came to visit uh, Israeli uh, Chief of Staff and Minister of Defense. And the reason why he came is very, very simple. He understands something. The U.S. understands something. Israel is about to strike. They understand that because of things that the Israeli Prime Minister is saying, things that the Israeli military is doing. And also 
they also can read the map. We are now going to detail what are the reasons for this urgency, okay? So we're talking about the top general of the United States, but before that, also, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, will arrive in a few minutes, in a few days, excuse me. He's now in Jordan. He's coming to Israel right probably tomorrow. And look what he's all about. He's saying he wants the unthinkable Iran-Russia military ties. Ladies and gentlemen, America, for the first time, understand that Iran is not just a regional problem. America understands that Iran is a global problem, not just destabilizing the Middle East, but now is destabilizing also Europe with the aid that Iran is uh, uh, handing over to Russia with the suicide drones and, of course, also soon, also ballistic missiles. Folks, um, America probably for the first time since the 44th president's effort for a deal, finally America gets it, something that we've been trying to tell them forever. Uh, as long as there was a, a Democratic uh, president, they never, ever wanted to hear. They always thought diplomacy is the best way. And that's all the Iranians wanted. They wanted Democrats. They wanted diplomacy because they know how to fool and deceive by this type of handling. Uh, the 45th president understood that uh, they don't... Uh, you know, they don't need to understand the language of diplomacy because they don't follow and abide by it anyway. And therefore, he uh, killed their top, the head of the snake of Soleimani, if you remember. And that, of course, caused Iran to prove that um, it was a paper tiger at the time. But since then, things have happened. Um, and let's now talk about why the urgency, okay? Because uh, the topic is, uh, will Israel attack Iran very soon? So why the urgency? First, first of all, let me tell you that now the whole world knows. It's no longer that Israel says that. Now the world knows. Now America admits. Now the UN admits that Iran has weapons-graded uranium. Iran has reached uh, weapons-grade uranium. That's something that you need to understand. L let me let me explain something to all of you folks. You need to you need to understand. When a country wants uranium for peaceful means, let's say they want to power the power plants in order to produce electricity. So what the country does, the country is buying specific uh, you know uranium uh, and then starts enriching it to what we call low-grade enrichment, anything from 3 to 5%, that's enough for nuclear powers, uh, power plants. This is it. I mean, if you want energy, it's all you need. Well, guess what? The Iranians never wanted it for a nuclear power, power plant. They never wanted it for that. The Iranians had, for the longest time, a military program to develop a bomb. We know that. Now, the world never believed us. And by the way, I described it in my novel by way of deception. This is based on true story, not on my imagination. So what happened in January of 2018, Israel sent Mossad opera operators, um, agents to the suburbs of Tehran, and we 
basically stole the nuclear archive of Iran, brought it through a third party all the way to Israel. By February, we brought Israeli analysts to, you know, uh, uh, basically uh, translate all the Farsi documents. And by April, we presented all the documents to President Trump at that time. And by May, Israel came publicly and exposed that a very big lie because all those documents, this is from May of 2018. Prime Minister Netanyahu then exposed it live in a press conference, which, by the way, that press conference caused President Trump to pull out of the Iran deal at that time because he realized the premise of which this whole Iran deal in 2015 was uh, signed was that Iran never wanted any bomb. Iran only wants nuclear energy. Iran wants low-graded uranium for what? For nuclear power plant. That's what they said. Well, those documents showed Iran has a very developed nuclear program for military purposes. And so the deception began already there. You understand that Iran today, the enrichment, we're talking about 84%. We found Now, I believe they have more. We know they have more. We know they have enough already for a few bombs. But look at what the Pentagon just came out with. The Pentagon admits the following thing in regards to how many days Iran has in order to achieve enough enough, um, enriched uranium for a bomb. So you can clearly see, uh, if we can put that slide, you can clearly see what the Pentagon says about the 12 days that Iran has to enrich uranium. Iran can produce enough material for a nuclear bomb in 12 days. That's what the Pentagon is basically saying. So now, not only Israel is claiming that, now also America is claiming that. Now, let me show you how, by accident, they found out. There was a deception here. Look what the Iranian did. The Iranians pretended to enrich only to 60%, which is already way above and beyond what you need for any civilian purpose. But what they did, they turned off the cameras, listen to this, connected the centrifuges to an array that enriches it to a higher grade. And when the UN inspectors would look, when the cameras were turned on, they will only see the ones that are only 60%. Basically, when they realize that there is, you know, you know, somebody's tampering with the cameras and somebody's actually doing something else, and they found at 84%, they realize, and it may have taken them a month to find out, they realize they actually have much higher grade uranium. Now we have the smoking gun. I was telling you about it for the longest time. If you have been listening to my telegram messages, uh, reading them and... Uh, I've, I mean, I told you for the last at least six months that Iran has in, enough uranium. But it's one thing to tell you that I know, and it's another thing for the UN to admit that they finally found a proof for that. And that's what we have right now. So now it's even more urgent to attack because now you have the license to do so. Speaking of license to do so, Prime Minister Netanyahu was uh, shocked to hear 
from the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Rafael Grossi, who came to Iran. This man was never, ever received by the Iranian president. They always, you know, you know, uh, you know, kept him away from the president. For the first time, he's meeting with 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 the Iranian president. This time, he's Raisi. And in a press conference later on, what he said, he said the following thing. Listen to this. He said that it will be an illegal act. Look, look at me now. It will be an illegal act if Israel will attack the nuclear uh, sites of Iran. Think about that. Illegal act. Unbelievable. And, you know, I'm thinking about it because um, that's what he said. But uh, the prime minister of Israel said something else. Uh, prime minister said he criticized him for saying that. And he says that Jerusalem would act against the Islamic Republic as it viewed necessary, including preemptive self-defense to avoid a nuclear threat. That's what Prime Minister Netanyahu said. Which And, and the Prime Minister, now you can see me, now the, the Prime Minister basically, um, uh, the Prime Minister basically said, we reserve the right, and we do have the right to strike. If, if a country says to the whole world, we want to destroy Israel, and they are developing the means to do so. And Israel has the right to preemptively strike and destroy those means before that country uses it against it. So now everybody's, you know, a little bit, I would say, nervous. What's going on? Israel is talking about preemptive strike out openly. Now, um, I don't have any slide for that one, but I will say that the Iranians are now threatening Azerbaijan. And this is also part of this book because most of the, I guess, future plans for Israel to strike in Iran is also from the territory and the airspace of Azerbaijan. And therefore, the Iranians are already saying, if Azerbaijan is going to allow Israel to attack, we will strike them as well. Now, folks, another reason why we need to be very careful, why the urgency is there. Take a look at what Alma Research Center, based in Jerusalem for strategic studies, put together about the Iranian ballistic missiles um, site near Isfahan. Now, before you see the video, just so you understand something. Forever, Israel said that for a bomb, it takes two major efforts to develop the, the, the actual warhead with the enriched uranium, but also to develop the means to transport it to the target, which is the ballistic missiles. Israel was actively uh, going against these two things as much as it could. Look at what we know that Iran is doing and having in the mountains next to Isfahan, which should worry Israel, should worry America, should worry Europe. And that is why it is very urgent. Take a look at what Alma Research Center put together. Very disturbing video. Take a look.
talking about both cruise missiles and ballistic missiles. Look at this area, the mountainous area. We know exactly where it is. We're zooming in right now to show you they have an administrative center. Now look, look at the valley, the flyover of the valley, and look what we found. Entrance to tunnels going inside the mountains. Two entrances. We know exactly where it is. We even know that there's more heavy, you know, take a look. Military vehicles, large ones, can go in and out. Another flyover will take you to another part. And take a look at this one. Missile range breakthrough was announced on Iran State TV. Missile range, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're flying into valley number two. We know exactly where it is. Look at the underground cities that they have there. They're hiding their weapons. There are thousands of rockets inside, all ready to be launched. Now, you know, JDAMs won't even be able to destroy this. And they know that. One of two and more rear access tunnels. Take a look at this one. Another massive tunnel for military vehicles. Military vehicle means they pull those missiles out with that launcher, launch the missiles, and go back in. That's for the vast ballistic missiles. See? We see the miracle, the, the, the vehicles going in and going out, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this. We have obtained this amazing, amazing video. And, and all bunker buster uh, bombs probably won't be able to destroy. This is it, folks. We know where it is. And by the way, you can tell that we had agents on the ground in order to film this. What I try... What I'm trying to say is this, take a look at the range of the Iranian missiles that they have right now. Take a look at, at the range from Iran. It goes way beyond. It goes all across the Middle East, all the US bases, Israel, as well as most of Western Europe. Take a look at that. Uh, most of Eastern Europe and you know, Central Europe as well. Quite an amazing thing. Of course, they can hit Saudi Arabia and the Emirates uh, and Egypt as well if they want. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're talking about a very disturbing thing. Iran has developed new cruise missiles, and Iran has developed new ballistic missiles that are with the right range and with the right capability to carry a nuclear warhead. So again, it's one thing to develop a bomb. It's another thing to develop the means of transportation of that nuclear bomb. And that is exactly what they did. For the longest time, they were working together simultaneously on enrichment of uranium for the warhead and ballistic missiles to carry that warhead. And they finally have achieved the enriched uranium and the ballistic missiles, both. You understand? Now, we could sit back and do nothing, but there's another problem. The problem is that Iran is now making business with Russia. And we're talking about, we, we, we cover that one, the ballistic missiles, but now Iran is doing business with Russia. They are receiving new fighter jets, the Su-35s, stealth ones, missile systems, and I'm talking about defense missile systems, 
And there are also uh, advanced helicopters. Folks, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but uh, look, take a look at this, um, this article speaking of what they're about from Forbes. Uh, take a look at this. Iran expects to receive the first of the 24 Su-35, that's Suhoi, 35 flanker E fighter jets, in order uh, it ordered from Russia as soon as March 21st, the Persian New Year. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? This Today's March 7. March 21st, they already get those very sophisticated fighter jets. And most likely also the S-400 air defense system that will give us very big problem for the Israeli fighter jets. So you understand that the window of opportunity to go and strike is very, very narrow. A, they have in, enough uranium. B, they have all the weapons, they, the rockets that they need. And they, it's very deep. You know, it's going to take... Uh, a lot to destroy it. But then we have to deal with air defense systems and very sophisticated fighter jets that the Iranians never had. They have one of the oldest air, air forces in the world from the 70s. We are far superior when it comes to Navy and Air Force. But they are now going to receive top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art equipment in exchange for what they are selling to Russia, which is the drones. So we're talking about something quite amazing. Again, all of the deception is being exposed. Everybody now understands the problem. America gets it. America is, is a little bit alarmed that something big is about to happen soon. And all of that is catching Israel in a very, very delicate situation and I would like to to talk about um, in the next few minutes on the enemy from within look I don't think that the left liberal progressive uh, uh, you know people in Israel are my enemy I think that the spirit is my enemy the spirit of anarchy is the spirit of of, of lawlessness. I mean, they're allowing themselves now to block major arteries, major roads. They want to disrupt the uh, activity of the airport. They are losing it. Take a look at this video that shows what's going on in Israel almost every week right now. Ever since Netanyahu won the elections and ever since Netanyahu is planning to uproot the hegemony of the left from the judicial uh, system. Take a look at this. The police is trying to stop them from going all the way to the main roads uh, to block the main arteries of Tel Aviv and, and other places. Uh, they push the policemen. They throw stuff on the police. They, they, they are violent. But listen, it's much deeper than that. Much deeper than that. Let me, let me explain something. The problem of the left in Israel is not the judiciary reform. No. Because every time we tell them, let's sit and talk, maybe we can get to some sort of a compromise. You get 
to hear from them that they actually don't want to hear about Netanyahu in office. They don't respect the decision of the majority. In the name of democracy, they are the most anti-democratic people. Because democracy means the majority. The people, the majority of the people, when they vote, that's what they get. That's the, 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 this is the regime. 64 seats in the parliament. If you take off all the Arabs that are not even, uh, I guess, uh, acknowledging Israel as a Jewish state, the left is less than 40. 64 versus 40. Like, I mean, what are we talking about? What are we talking They're actually less than 40. And yet, they do not want the right to rule. Why? This is the first time the Israeli conservative right has a solid 64 and they don't need any coalition with some center or left uh, parties. Therefore, finally, we can do all the reforms we need to do so the left will not keep the powerhouses of the media, the academia, and the judiciary system. Now, media and academia, you know, I cannot fight that. I mean, but the, ju the judiciary uh, uh, branch, of course you can. All over the world, judges are appointed by elected people. All over the world, judges are ruling by the law and not by whether it's reasonable or not. Only in Israel, judges can decide, well, the law says A, but it's not reasonable, therefore I will rule B. Only in Israel, you know, the Supreme Court cancels, revokes legislation of the parliament. You don't see that anywhere. This is power that they've been accumulating over the last 25, 30 years that now the right is trying to reverse. We're not trying to do anything but going back to where it was and where it should have stayed. But that powerhouse is something that they won't let go. And that is the reason why they don't care to scare the world that it's the end of democracy, Israel becoming dictatorship, which is baloney. Dictatorship would not even allow this type of, um, of anarchy. Dictatorship would not even ask to sit and talk with them. It's democracy. We have a very strong economy. But the fabric of the Israeli society, that fabric that used to be so strong, our national pride was skyrocketing every year. We used to be such a united, you know, nation, not nations, nation, one nation. That was our strength against our enemy. That was the strength of the Jewish people, even when Haman wanted to kill them. And we celebrate Purim today. And we read the book of Esther last night. That was our strength, coming together, coming to God, asking for him to help. No more. Today, the left operatives are saying that the right is actually their Nazis. I have a video of a lady who says that the justice minister is Nazi. And when... We ask you, how, how, how can you talk about that? How can you say such a thing? She said, well, look, he even has blue eyes, just like the Nazis had. And, and, but let's talk about, let's, let's be reasonable. Let's talk about the, the reform. Let's talk about information. Let's talk about what matters, not blue eyes or the looks. 
They don't even know what the reform is all about. They've been poisoned to hate the other part. Now, why am I saying all of this? Because now I'm going back to Iran. Now I'm going back to the Arab world around us. Now I'm, I'm telling you, everyone around us is watching that the Israeli unity is falling apart, that the Israeli fabric of society is being torn to pieces. Everybody's looking and seeing that. You think that they don't see that? Hassan Nasrallah from the Hezbollah was quoting that. Hamas is talking about that. They're all talking about that. But I will also tell you, something terrible begins to happen when reserve soldiers and pilots decide, well, well no, we are liberal left, and if this government stays in power, we're not going to fight. Can you imagine? This whole poison even got into the Israeli military, and which is a red line you should never cross. Because when a war comes, it is going to be a war against the liberals and the conservatives. Trust me. So now I'm going to take you back to scriptures because it's important that you understand. Israel eventually will be attacked even by Iran. Make no mistake. Now, maybe an Israeli strike will come soon. Maybe that will be another reason why Iran will join the war, but I want to show you what the Bible says in Ezekiel 38, okay? So we know that Persia is going to join Gog and, you know, Russia. But the Bible says, uh, you know, Ezekiel speaks against Gog, against the Russian leader. He says, you will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. Folks, it's not ground forces, it's like a cloud, something that is flying in the air, something that is coming from the air, something that dark, that covers the land, he says. And in my mind, I mean, I can see the thousands of rockets that are going to fly from all around the area, Hezbollah and Iran and Hamas, whatever. But let's continue reading that. He says, it will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel? See, Ezekiel 2,700 years ago is talking about a future war where we're talking to modern days leaders, asking them, are you the one that Ezekiel spoke of? And it's going to be a victory, not for Israel, but for the God of Israel. I want you to read the entire chapter to find out that Israel never fought. Israel never won with its own military air force. I can see how the fabric of the Israeli society is falling apart before my very eyes. It's, it's heartbreaking for me. I'm not used to it. But I can also see why God has to intervene. God has to win, and there is no description whatsoever of a military victory here. There is supernatural intervention of God by way of stuff falling from the sky and earthquake from underneath. Let's read again, and at the very end, you can clearly see what I'm talking about. It says, thus says the Lord, are you the one I'm spoken of? And then let's go to the next verses. And it says, it will come to pass in the same time when God comes against the land of Israel, says that my furry will show in my face 
For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. Speaking of earthquakes that everybody's now uh, expecting in Istanbul or, you know, other parts, there is going to come a huge earthquake in Israel. We know that. But that earthquake is the one God is sending to actually destroy the enemies of Israel. I want you to understand, now more than ever before, looking at what is going on with my country, with my people, I can see why God will have to be the one who will win for us. Now, um, make no mistake, you know, there's going to be a messianic aspirations after that war. The Jewish people will say, wow, amazing, supernatural victory. And they will look for the Messiah. And then the Antichrist is going to rise. And this is going to be the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel, which is also known as the Great Tribulation. And also, take a look at what Jeremiah says in chapter 30. For thus says the Lord, uh, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. As now and see, ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with a child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor? And all faces turn pale. Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. What I'm trying to say is that you can see even here, the people will not be the victorious ones. Actually, they will be afraid. There is going to be a trouble known as Jacob's trouble specifically for Israel, but he will be saved therefrom. Okay? And Daniel, Daniel 12, talked about that. And in Daniel 12, as you can clearly see, um, it says, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. In other words, that future horrific tribulation will even put the Holocaust uh, to shame. It will be such, such a terrible thing. And then he says, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. But let me add, who is going to be delivered? Everyone who is found written in the book. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, the Bible says. Um, who are the people written in the book? <laughs> Only the believers. Only the believers whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life they will be delivered. Only those whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life will enter into the new Jerusalem. So the tribulation will end up with an amazing, amazing, uh, uh, you know, war, but, but it will be a, a terrible time for Israel altogether. Deception and persecution eventually. And two-thirds of Israel, according to Zechariah 13, are going to perish. Only the last third God will bring through the fire. And I will conclude with what Hosea the prophet says. Hosea uh, says, and of course this is like Jesus himself speaking, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their offense. And then they will seek my face and in their 
affliction, they will earnestly seek me. You see, only the tribulation will eventually lead Israel to salvation. And those who will choose the mark of the beast, those who will choose to follow the Antichrist, that mindset, the progressive liberal leftist mindset that brainwashes people to even curse anything that has to do with God, that mindset will lead so many of the Jewish people to follow the Antichrist and eventually to perish. But that third that, is it, that Zechariah 13 talks about will eventually run to the desert, be kept for 1260 days. Jesus will come and take them. And when they see him, they will cry and mourn, as Zechariah 12 says, and they will be saved. And as Romans 11 says, then all Israel will be saved. And remember, throughout everything I quoted, Israel is not victorious militarily. Israel is not victorious because we are a strong nation. We are going to be victorious, or maybe even just <laughs> literally saved from the fire, because God has a plan for us. God is faithful to his promises to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is a sovereign, promise-keeping God. That's who he is. So, I want to conclude with this, folks. Iran will be attacked, maybe, in the very near future. There will be more devastating earthquakes. It's going to be very hard to see what's going on in Israel as well. But I want to tell you, my strength is not coming from my nation, but it's coming from the God of my nation. I am lamenting. I'm heartbroken from you know what I see around me, and I, I think that Australians say the same. Australians see what's going on in their countries. Americans see what they're going on in their countries. Europeans see the same. And uh, in fact, believers all around the world see the same thing. Lunacy, lawlessness, hypocrisy, craziness. People are, their brain is completely dead. Uh, people completely lost it. It's unbelievable. We feel so heartbroken so many times, so lost, so, so alienated, so outcasted. But I want to tell you something. This is good. This is not our place. It's good to feel that way because our home is elsewhere. We're only ambassadors here. We will be shortly taken before the war is waged on this world. That's what happens in the etiquette of diplomacy. Ambassadors are called back home before a war begins. So I want to encourage you to count all of this as joy and a blessing and to stay strong, not with what leaders are doing, militaries are doing, not by anything else but the Word of God. And this is, you know, my, my biggest fear is, of course, that people will be deceived. Uh, deceived not only to go and forget about God, but the other deception is that the tribulation has already begun. Therefore, there is no hope of the soon rapture of the church. And, and of course, that's cheapening the tribulation because everything that is happening now is not even close to the tribulation. This is exactly why I wrote this book, Has the Tribulation Begun?, which you can already pre-order. And this is the single most evangelistic book I've ever written. And I want you to know that 
this book is not only for you, but get as many as you can. Give it to people. People are so scared. And unfortunately, so many sensationalists are trying to tell them the tribulation has begun. People are running to places, growing their own food, running to cases. Listen, I, I, I travel the world. I see that. We need to be encouraged that uh, our soon rapture is around the corner as we see all of these things happening. And we have to know what the tribulation is all about. And we have to know what God's promises are all about. And we have to avoid confusion and redeem the time in these last days. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you his shalom, his peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding can only come from the Prince of Peace, who is the Lord of Peace, who can give you peace now and forever, here and everywhere. His name is Yeshua. He's our salvation. And in his name we pray. Amen. Folks, again, please pre-order. But has the tribulation begun? Follow me on Telegram. I'll show you how to do it. This is the only way I can communicate with you 24-7. It's the best way to understand what's going on and to follow up the news. God bless you and shalom. Watch this video right now. Join the Amir Sarfari and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Getting started is easy. Simply download Telegram from the App Store, then visit the Behold Israel Telegram channel in your browser. From there, click Preview Channel, then click Join. That's it. See you on Telegram.